0: hi this is megan ball
1: and this is brock Wilbur.
0: and you're listening to carrying into the void the podcast where we get together tell each other about a weird or dark story we've heard and then try to find the silver lining or flip it into something that while possibly not positive will at least be productive how are you brock
1: I'm healthy today. Uh, I've been going through uh, an incredible up and down of sickness versus health in the last couple of weeks, uh, where some days uh, I'm just on the ground and some days everything is fine. And so it has been a reminder to be like, wow, really cherish health because health comes and goes. And sometimes it goes more than it comes. And just uh, having a day where I was like, I'm walking around. Everything's all fine and nice. I was like, I cherish this. Really felt that all day today. It was like, I'm going to go for a longer walk than normal because I can and maybe tomorrow I can't. Uh, So how have you been?
0: I've been good. The sun came out and it's not cold. Like, I know I'm a goth and everything and I'm supposed to be like, oh no, not the sun. Oh no. But it really does make a big difference in just like your general day-to-day demeanor and mood. A friend of mine sent me a a tweet they found which basically said, Seasonal depression seems fake until it's randomly 50 degrees in March and you feel like you took a party drug. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel lately. Like, you know, while you're talking about physical health, mental health is also very important.
1: I miss parties, but I miss party drugs so much more. And there's just no way to do them by yourself at home. <laughs> it's just not a party drug anymore. That It's just sad.
0: <laughs> no, but that's how I've been feeling lately. So it's like it got warm. It got sunny. And I'm still sitting inside. It's not like I'm going to go outside. Let's not get crazy now, but it just helps, you know? And it's weird that it helps. So, sunlight, it's good apparently. Who knew?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sunlight, it's good now. We've we've relitigated it. Do you have a story for this week?
0: I do. I want to tell you about the humble sea slug.
1: Humble? Just like normal humble spelling?
0: Well, yeah, humble. But I'll tell you why it's special in a minute.
1: Okay, take me on a journey.
0: So the New York Times came out this week with a story that is, I'm going to say horrifying here, about a new sea slug discovery. Apparently, there are some sea slugs that will just randomly chop their own heads off. So that's a thing that they do for funsies. You know, just, you know, they just want to change. There's a video on the article, and it is just as horrifying as you think it is. So I encourage you to track it down. Like, it's proper, like, Cronenberg type of nonsense. Like, it's wiggling, the body's wiggling, it's just a whole lot. So the reason why this happens is because the body becomes infected either with a sickness or with uh, an infestation of some kind of worm or, or bug. So the head will disconnect, and it will grow a new body. And... That's pretty unique in the animal kingdom, because most of the time what happens is an animal like a lizard or something will like lose a bit of a tail, and they'll grow a new tail. But this is the first animal that will completely mm-hmm. get rid of their entire body and regrow a whole new one.
1: If you regrow a new head, do you start with a new personality? Are you a new person?
0: I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I don't know if you could tell with a sea slug. I don't know if they have enough of that. To to decipher. I want to
1: come back as just like a real son of a bitch sea slug just like (laughs) man I am mean as hell and everyone thinks I'm the nice guy I used to be but nah different less humble sea slug this time around
0: yeah right but no apparently it was it was pretty happy as just a head it was eating algae it was just chilling it was having a good time it took about three weeks for it to grow its body back And during that time, the body was still receptive to outside stimuli for a day or two. So, you know, if you touched it, it would twitch. So that's good knowledge to have.
1: Somehow this is maybe the weirdest part of it is the time frame here. Because it seems like one of those things like, I don't know, if it regrows a head within five minutes, maybe I can buy that. Like the, the idea that it takes some real regeneration time is so odd to me. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's just a really interesting thing, and they didn't realize that sea slugs did this. They just were monitoring a new type of sea slug that had been not recently discovered, but recently, like, they moved their research onto it because they're looking for things that will help with medicine and stuff like that, and sea slugs have become kind of a new area of medicine that they're looking into because of the way that they are able to, like, create slime or create uh, parts of their body that can shield other parts of their body and stuff, so... They've just been researching them to see if there was any kind of advances that we could get from sea slugs. And what we're finding out is that maybe what we might be able to gain from the sea slugs is whatever type of chemical they use to to disintegrate, to, to disconnect their head from their body, might be able to use to help everything from people who have amputations, to have uh, spinal fractures and stuff like that. They're hailing this as what could possibly be a great medical discovery. Right. And it all came from a researcher who looked over and was like, hey, this sea slug's head is no longer on its body, and it's eating lunch and having a great time. It has, you know, really cool implications, but also it's a sea slug that takes its own head off, man. Like, that's a lot. But also, at the same time, wouldn't it be great if you could just regrow a body? Like, I, Like, right. I'm kind of low-key jealous of a sea slug yes i have opposable thumbs in netflix but this jerk can grow a whole new body so who really won evolution here (laughs) sure i was just scrolling through my twitter feed like you do and i saw an article and it said sea slug can regrow a body and cut its own head off and i clicked the video and like had to put my phone down for a minute i was like oh no (laughs) oh no it is very interesting um but maybe good for science. Who can tell?
1: Good for science is indeed a fungible concept.
0: (laughs) Yeah, isn't it?
1: (laughs) We really have to wait until a ways down the road to determine whether or not something was, in fact, good or bad for science.
0: That's also true. But that is the humble sea slug. Just chilling, just taking off its head and living its best life. Good. So the carrying into the void moment for today is all of us have moments where we wish we could disconnect disconnect from our bodies, our thoughts, being perpetually online, reality in general. Sometimes everything feels so big, the discourse so diseased, that we just can't keep going. It's not just you. There is only so long you can listen to a car alarm going off at 3 a.m. before you start to imagine taking a sledgehammer to it. You are not meant to immerse yourself in poison every day. You deserve better than that. Taking care of yourself is not just lighting candles and wearing sheet masks. Sometimes self-care is cutting off your own head. It's stopping the pain you feel because everything has just become too much. Disconnect, maybe for an hour, maybe for a day, or for a week. Focus on yourself. Give yourself the space to regrow the parts of you that have withered. Rest, regroup, come back stronger and fiercer than ever before. We can't wait to see the new you.
1: Yay! Yay!
0: (laughs) So what do you have for us today, Brock?
1: Right. So I got the Doppelganger Brothers, uh, which is that uh, my sons, my two cats, Woodward and Bernstein, Mm -hmm. uh, they were found in a dumpster in Kansas City after we'd moved here. They were tiny little babies that had been abandoned to die. And somebody found them clinging to each other for warmth and for life uh, and then took them to a vet. And uh, and at the vet, no matter what they did, they wouldn't stop clinging to each other, just holding each other with all four legs as hard as they could. And uh, a friend of ours is one of the vets there. And she was like... Hey, would you have interest? And it's just like, fucking shut up. We'll be there tomorrow. Like, they, we, <laughs> we adopt them. Like, I, I don't know. And so they've been wonderful, but they are very twinsy, and it is difficult to tell them apart. Yeah, Woodward's a little more gray. is a little more brown. Woodward has a little smudge on his nose, so we call him smudge sometimes. And sometimes it's very difficult to tell them apart. They have slightly different markings from the top, and one of them has a smudge on the nose. Anyway, in the last couple of weeks... Their colors have changed three years into this to be more like each other. Suddenly the brown-gray difference is not happening. And Bernstein got into a fight with, I think, his sister Kimball, and now has a scratch on his nose in the exact same place (laughs) as the smudge for Woodward. And so, like, I didn't really notice it was happening. And I kept being like, hey, Woodward, what's up? And I was like, oh, that actually turns out it's Bernstein. And it's just been getting worse. And I was like, okay, so... I don't know why I'm being parent trapped by my cats. <laughs> I don't know the end game, but like they look indistinguishable from each other. And they, they did look very different a couple of months ago. Like Bernstein is very slinky and Woodward is just like a gigantic brick of just sheer muscle. Um, and their eyes look a little different and everything is changing to be a little more in the middle. And so I was like, okay, I, does anyone know why cats would start changing like this uh, and i was asking one of my cat chat dm groups where where friends just uh post pictures of our cats all day cuz no one is alone um and i was like hey do do you know about this color change thing is there any reason like should i be worried is somebody being poisoned and it turns out our cats uh the boys have been nestling up in the coldest part of our house for the last month or two and it turns out that sometimes cats when exposed to cold will change colors so the more they hang out in this room the more that they turn different and for some reason the different they're turning is to meet in some weird amalgamated middle where i can no longer tell them apart and it's just a fun prank it's a fun prank on me uh, i really love it i don't know i didn't know that like out of nowhere three years in a cat could just start changing entirely and turns out they can, as as a fun prank. So um, my carrying into the void today is this. We have our eyes on you. We know where you are. We can smell the smell. We can sense the movement. We can hear the sound. And we can, well, it's a sense you wouldn't understand in human terms, but we have that too. What we don't have is what you can give us. There are doors to open. There are treasures to be revealed. There is a physical touch that would... You know, refill the soul, and yet, and yet, and yet, naps remain an option in the cold place. We will snuggle close, and we will plan, and we will almost assuredly never act on said plans, but we shall craft them. And you should craft your own. We are called crafty for a reason. Sometimes it's all about having a plan. You never actually need to enforce your plot yet. Sometimes it just feels good to know what you're capable of.
0: I love this so much. Your cats are parent trapping you.
1: I'm afraid of it. I don't know why. (laughs) When anything happens and I don't know why it scares me. That's why I'm in journalism.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just think that's hilarious. I'm sorry. Like, I love your cats. I can't wait to meet your cats. But like the fact that they're just trolling you like that is beautiful, like masterful work.
1: If it was something that happened six months or a year in, I'd be like, you know, that's just the way a cat develops. No, three years in, they were like one day like, yo, 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 If we drop the temperature, everything gets weird.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you'll get this reference, but when I was a kid, I used to have Barbies that used to change color when you put them in cold water. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Your story completely reminds me of that. Oh, that's wild.
1: I am looking at a Mr. Freeze action figure from the same era that I have on my wall here that is exactly the same.
0: Oh, well. What have you been doing for self-care besides looking over your shoulder while your cats plot against you?
1: So this ties into the health thing. And uh, so I've had a number of friends and like a good thing about being the most outspoken mental health person that you know is that everyone will come to you with their problems. And it used to be kind of an issue a few years ago because I would do that on some fairly large podcasts and for some things with large audiences. And then I would be the recipient of like middle-of-the-night DMs from somebody that's in college who's like, talk me down from this. And I was never the person to be like, here's the toll-free number of the thing. Like, I got engaged too much with that. And like, my wife had known me for like six months when she saw me do that like three nights in a row. And she was like, oh, it is really weird that you are in that situation, and please stop. And I was like, you know what? For both me and everyone else, I think that is the right call. So I tried very hard to never armchair uh, psychologize anybody or what they're doing. And the issue is that I, I think over the last year or so, we've all become hyper aware, like especially people before that weren't going to care about their mental health. were like, I think I have this. And they'll write to me and be like, hey, I think I have this. How did you know that you had that too? And the hard part is to be like, well, first of all, don't don't self-ascribe a thing yet that's that's not helpful like there are people to talk to that figure that out but overwhelmingly i think the piece of general advice that i get to pick along here is that i have over the course of the last six years been through so many mental health diagnoses that didn't agree or that somebody later was like whoever told you you have that is like the dumbest person i've ever met like well they are a doctor so the big thing that I, I think has become a universal piece of advice, which I got to give to a couple of people this month, and the results of it were wildly good for them, uh, is that once a year, just go in, uh, whether it's to your hospital via a request from your GP or to any of the private labs that now exist across the country that don't really cost that much, uh, even if you don't have the insurance. Like it's it's nothing. I, I I've had no no insurance and paid for these before, and just get your blood work done. Like it is shocking uh, the number of things that like if you get blood work in and and take it to a professional that they'll be like, you don't have that thing in the brain. You just have like, you don't have enough potassium. Like eat more bananas and your whole brain will fix. Like there are so many shockingly good (laughs) resolutions to stuff that you worry might be a lifelong battle for you that it turns out you can just see in something like that. So like, it's a piece of advice that is me not armchair helping anybody that I do every couple of months for my reasons, but like, um, once per year for helping some of that stuff out, especially as you age, because things change. Uh, I'm sure that this year has thrown a bunch of people up in the air into weird stuff. Yeah. Just having some numbers on things. it's, it's shocking how often you can be like, Oh, it's so weird. Like, uh, yeah, that vitamin. It's right there. It's
0: it's so true. Yeah. I
1: figured you would agree.
0: Yeah. No, I had a thing a few years ago where I was, I mean, I I usually, you know, exist to kind of a a baseline of like depression and anxiety. So I kind of know where my baseline is and I felt much worse. And I also was getting to the point where I was having problems with like, My hair began to fall out, and if people don't know me, I have a lot of hair.
1: You have a lot of hair.
0: (laughs) Yeah, my hair goes down to the small of my back, and it was coming out in the shower in like fistfuls, and so I freaked out. I went to the doctor, and I had the lowest vitamin D he had ever seen in his office. You're supposed to exist between a level between 50 and 100 parts per whatever in your blood of vitamin D, and I was a 13. If you're ten or below they have to hospitalize you and put you on an IV of straight vitamin D.
1: I gotta tell you that last time I was hospitalized, I was at A4.
0: Oh wow. The
1: doctor told me it was the lowest number that she'd ever seen in a living human being. So like oh.
0: yes. So vitamin D, they they had to put me on a huge vitamin, which I'm sure you probably also take a vitamin.
1: Oh, the horse pill. Yeah, it's my yeah. first part of the morning. Wow, this oh, is it's... fun to unify around.
0: Yeah, it's so good. But you know what? Taking that for a while and getting my levels back to where they should be. And I mean, I have to keep at it. I can't stop taking these vitamins because I just don't make my own vitamin D. It's just one of those things. And they say a lot of people don't make enough vitamin D. And if it gets low enough, it can make you feel depressed and sad and anxious and can make you feel like your body's falling apart.
1: It did yield that thing where I was like, oh, for the last few years, I've been like a a very big advocate of, of being like normalizing bipolar too. And then I was like, do I have bipolar or did I just need to eat more bananas? I really need an answer on this.
0: Yeah, right. The body is insane, like the way that it works together. Like now they're discovering that the biome in your stomach can affect if you have depression. I think that's just wild. You know, if you don't have the right type of gut flora, you are going to have mental health issues. And I'm like, what? Really? Like, how is that connected? And Shout out to all the researchers and people who put that stuff together because it's amazing how the human body is basically just working on, like, a hope and a prayer. There's no sense to it. It is the most illogically badly built thing.
1: I do truly love that, like, it is the thing that, like, if you are listening to this podcast, you are almost certainly facing some sort of depression. We know uh, what we bring in. And, like, also, everyone has fucking depression. Like, speaking of normalizing things, like, we're all there. But, like... Mm -hmm. You can spend years, as as I have and as so many other people have, trying to figure figure out, like, the genus and species of your depression or your mental illness and, like, have a lot of missed shots at it from people where you're like, ah, sometimes it hurts to get an answer. Sometimes it hurts more to be told that answer wasn't right and to know, like, all right, we're all going back to the drawing board again. So there's something almost kind about hearing, like, did you know that like the bacteria in your stomach can make you feel like this. And to be like, sure, let's throw that one on the pile too. Maybe we take a look at that one day. That would be great if that's what it is.
0: Yeah, it's wild. But I think that you bring up a really good point.
1: What do you got for something to lift up this week?
0: I want to lift up a band I've been listening to a lot. They are a very small band. They have like 67 favorite people on Spotify. But I'm super into them. I love them. They're called House Ghost, and they are a spooky three piece punk band from Dayton, Ohio. I don't remember how I found them because they're only known to their local scene, but they are just amazing. If you like spooky punk, like just perfect three chord punk, and the the lyrics are all stuff about like horror movies or black magic or like occult ghost stories, this is the band for you. I already own two of their t-shirts because what I needed more of in my life was more black band t-shirts, but it just feels good to support a small band. You know, like I could listen to a band like Ghost for as much as I want on Spotify and you know, they have a Grammy, they tour Europe and stuff. They don't need the support that a small band needs. So I think it's worthwhile to, to dig a little bit deeper, find smaller bands and support them, grab their albums on Bandcamp. Oh, and speaking of Bandcamp, if you don't already know, the first Friday of every month is Bandcamp Friday, and that's the day when the site waives all fees and gives the entire price of your purchase from either a CD or merchandise to the band. So if you do find music that you want to listen to and you want to support them, maybe wait a week or two and do it on Bandcamp Friday so they get the little extra money because no one's touring right now. Right. people are still canceling concerts i got an email today that two concerts i still had tickets for were finally canceled for 2021 and so i am sad
1: Wait, when you said concerts all i could think was uh 2020 i mean uh 2022 because like my brain is just already rolled over everything to that yeah. it was like, what concert from 2022 did, did you get canceled it's like oh people still had them for this year Fun. yeah
0: yeah i know I know.
1: Even though we have tickets to one together. so I, I- know.
0: <laughs> I've got my fingers crossed for it. But that one also involves travel. So mm, <laughs> I don't know how it's... I've got my fingers crossed. I'm just going to say that. I'm. I'm knocking on wood as we speak. But this is a good time to support music. It's a good time to make sure extra money goes to these bands who can't tour. And also you should pick up our anthology called Curtains. It is 84 short flash fiction stories about the last concert, whatever that looks like to all of the authors that helped us with it. And the money goes to Save Our Stages, which is an organization that is making sure that all the venues we love and we are desperate to get back to will continue to keep the lights on and be able to pay their staff. So it's on Amazon. It's called Curtains, and it's got Brock and I's name (laughs) on it. So I think that if you want to support music, you should go find a band to listen to. I heartily suggest House Ghost and buy their stuff on Bandcamp Friday and buy our anthology so that you're keeping both the bands and the venues they play in alive and kicking until we can go see them again. Do you have something to uplift today?
1: Uh, What I would uplift is that Stubbs the Zombie is now on every video game platform. Stubbs the Zombie is a game that came out in 2005 uh, and it was made by one of the guys that made Halo. And he took the engine and stuff and he's like, I think I can make an indie game studio uh, with like 10 people and we can make a game. And that did not pan out. Anyway, the result of it is a 2005 game called Stubbs the Zombie, which is set in a retro futuristic 1959 uh, where everyone's got like hover cars and jetpacks and stuff, but it's still the 50s. And you play as a zombie who has come back to life. You're not exactly sure why or what's up, but you're in a city full of people and robots and greasers and uh, future uh, policemen. And the point of the game is that you go do zombie things, which is mostly to eat the brains of people. uh, And then they come back as zombies. And so you sort of build up each level an army of zombies that you control. So like normally just plowing through in a place, the police would just cut you to shreds with their laser guns or whatever. But when you've got you and like 60 of your friends, it's a, it's a different ball ballgame. Um, it is a wildly funny game that you can finish in about three to four hours. There is co-op on it, which is the first time my wife and I have ever played a co-op game from start to finish, which is wild five years in. It's always just been one of my favorites. And the best part of it is that there is just an insanely great soundtrack that is like 13 songs of the biggest bands in 2005, Covering 50s and 60s hits. So, like, Death Cab, Cake, The Flaming Lips.
0: <laughs> really? I, how have I never heard of this? The
1: Ravenettes do My Boyfriend's Back, and it just fucking slaps. Like, yeah, it is it is a soundtrack I've kept in my car for a decade. Like, there's never a bad time to listen to it. Uh, and it's all part of this quirky little weird game that you can get for 15, 20 bucks on Switch or Xbox or whatever, it's got some dated design concepts. It's got some jokes that aren't as great these days, but like, um, it's still just this wonderful little trip. Like it is the ultimate video game B side uh, and just a wonderful thing. Like, and it's been unavailable basically since release. So it's one of those things that for 15 years now I've been like, you know what people would love? It's that. And somebody bungled the IP and couldn't get it. So like it just showed up this week Uh, and it's pretty and it's funny. And Even my wife had a delightful time with it, and I was sort of like, I thought some of this wouldn't uh, tickle your fancy, and she's like, this rules. So, like, uh, Stubbs the Zombie. Give it a check out.
0: That's awesome. I'm I'm definitely going to download it. It reminds me kind of um, the Scott Pilgrim game that recently came back.
1: Exactly. From basically the same time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. I'm definitely downloading that. That's awesome.
1: I think that's episode 49. Please tune in next week for episode 50 with a very special guest.
0: Oh, I wonder who it could be.
1: I think everyone knows.
0: Probably, but you know what? It's going to be awesome, so you definitely want to still tune into it. But at least for today, that has been your Karen into the Void. So remember, keep your hearts dark and true and your teeth sharp and many. And we will see you next time in the Void. Yes! Yes!